Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right. This is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Wednesday, December 20th. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Glenn Leverance is off today and the rest of this week. Our thanks to Brooke Taylor filling in for Glenn. Producer Sarah Tafoya is in studio with us. It is so good to be with you here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on this Wednesday of the third week of Advent with only five more days until Christmas. It's hard to believe that it is uh, coming up so soon. Now, once again, uh, if you love Christmas music, we have got it for you in spades. You have come to the right place. There are so many different options. All you have to do is go to the Relevant Radio app or our website at relevantradio.com and you will find beautiful carols and hymns, real Christmas music, secular and traditional to get you ready for Christmas. Look for the Christmas in Song banner available now on the Relevant Radio app and at relevantradio.com. Want to bring in Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Are you ready? The countdown continues only five more days. I can't believe it's it's coming up so soon. Yeah, man, it is. It's, you know, we're going to be saying that every single day until it's actually here. Oh, I can't believe it. It's getting so close. But you know what? That is the excitement, the anticipation. It can't get here fast enough, and yet it's coming so fast. And this year it's uh, come up uh, faster than usual because Advent is just a mere 21 days. So, uh, you know, less time to get ready. Well, it's all perspective because it's the same days in the calendar, but when we start lighting those candles, and this is the shortest amount of time that we have lighting those candles on that Advent wreath, it does make it seem like it is a little bit less time, but again, there's only so many days in the calendar, so, um, you know, it hasn't changed, but it does perspective-wise. And we, we talked about this the other day. We've been uh, checking off uh, Father Rocky's list of, of great suggestions on how to have a really blessed uh, Christmas, and uh, one of them is uh, singing a, a Christmas Christmas carols and Christmas music, which, uh, as I mentioned here at the top, we've got just a ton of, of different options and great Christmas music here at, at Relevant Radio. So we're going to talk about Christmas music uh, here in a moment. But uh, first, uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about the shocking historic uh, story uh, that uh, Brooke Taylor reported on at the top of the news. Uh, the Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified former President uh, Donald Trump uh, from appearing on the state's ballot uh, in 2024. The disqualification, which was made under the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, is related to the Capitol riot on January 6th of, of 2021. Uh, the, the ruling yesterday was uh, four to three it, it stayed until January 4th because of the likely appeals. Uh, three justices on the Colorado Supreme Court uh, dissented. Now, former President Trump says the decision of the Colorado Supreme Court uh, to ban him uh, is uh, completely flawed, uh, a completely flawed decision. He went on to say in a statement uh, that Democratic Party leaders are in a state of paranoia over the growing uh, dominant lead that President Trump has amassed in the polls. Uh, 
uh, Trump also said uh, that he will swiftly file an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, which would mean his name would automatically remain on the ballot until it is resolved. So there's uh, a ton of opinions. Uh, the pundits were having a field day uh, last night. Uh, let me share with you a, a little bit of uh, George Washington law professor uh, Jonathan Turley and his reaction to the decision uh, from uh, the Colorado Supreme Court on Fox News. It is a strikingly anti-democratic uh, holding, in my view. Uh, the court literally faced a series of interpretive barriers to get to where it ended up. They used what's called true threat precedent to show that you can view the, uh, what Trump said as encouraging an insurrection at stuff that he said at other times. And that, of course, allowed them to reach this conclusion. In my view, the court is dead wrong. This is the first major win for these uh, challengers. They've gone to a number of blue states. This is one of the bluest state Supreme Courts you can get to. Even with that, it's split. Um, I think the opinion uh, is really chilling. And I think that the Supreme Court will make fast work of this theory. I hope it does. Uh, but I think this court, I think, did great damage to its own integrity uh, with this opinion. Sarah, um, uh, this uh, decision by the Colorado uh, Supreme Court uh, is is really rallying uh, Republicans and even rallying uh, President uh, Trump's uh, rivals, uh, they, they uh, don't agree with the decision, obviously. And uh, we're talking about Ron DeSantis, um, Nikki Haley, and, of course, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. All of them are strongly uh, objecting uh, to uh, this decision. So uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, opinions out there. And this, this is obviously a, a big and historic story because this has never happened before. Uh, never in the history of our country has the, the 14th Amendment. Uh, been used uh, to disqualify uh, a U.S. Uh, a president uh, from, from running for office. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they seem to be scared of, because uh, in that state, more than likely, Trump wouldn't win any vote anyways. And, you know, allowing people to choose what they want is what the democratic process is all about. So it's kind of a, a strange dilemma. But, hey, uh, this is the kind of stuff that Trump loves. You almost think that, like, he's got someone on the inside trying to make this happen, because more and more people just flock to him when they see him, uh, when it seemingly is persecution. So it's a very strange situation that we're in. That is so true. I'm sure he's probably going to get a bump in the polls because uh, people will be rallying behind him. But, uh, you know, this uh, 14th Amendment originally was was uh, used uh, after the Civil War for uh, insurrectionist uh, South uh, soldiers. So it really, it's a stretch, as uh, Jonathan uh, Turley uh, just uh, mentioned, uh, to apply it uh, to a, a candidate uh, for uh, the highest office in, in the land. And uh, so uh, the real question is, uh, will uh, the, the will of the people uh, be uh, the, the, uh, uh, the answer, or are we going to have to be subject to four uh, Colorado uh, judges? So uh, stay tuned, because obviously this is going to continue on. It'll no doubt go to the Supreme Court, and they're going to have to answer uh, really, really uh, quickly uh, before uh, the January 4th uh, deadline. So, 
Uh, well, in the meantime, we're going to be dreaming about that white Christmas because it's coming around the corner and it's a lot more fun. Absolutely. Way, way more fun to talk about uh, some of uh, our favorite Christmas carols, and you're you're playing one of them. Yeah, I know. you got some favorites, and you know what? Depending on who you are, the favorites change all the time. We keep our own running tally, I'm sure, um, as to which ones we like above others. And sometimes it's not just the song, it's who's singing the song. So, John, lay it on me. What do you got? Okay, so... Um, I obviously I love uh, Bing Crosby. How can you not love? It's kind of uh, hard not to. Bing yeah. Crosby, but Silent Night is one of my all-time favorites. You know, when I hear that song. In fact, I was doing some housework the other day uh, and uh, had Christmas uh, carols on, and when Silent Night comes on, it really, really touches my heart. It just gets you in into that uh, that Christmas spirit. It kind of you pause what you're doing and you start to reflect on, you know, the actual words of that song and that's when your wife says, "Hey John, get back to work. Come on. This is not the time for reflection. Do that later." Yeah. And you know what's interesting, Sarah, is that there's a lot of you know, it's it's a lot of opinions. It's very subjective as to what are the all-time best Christmas uh, carols and, and songs. Uh, it depends on who you ask. Um, we 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 tried to take a look at different lists. Uh, but uh, obviously there's no consensus. What, what's your favorite? Uh, well, you know what? Um, when it comes to artists, really, uh, Bing Crosby's really good. He's he's Mr. Christmas. He's been doing Christmas specials. He did them year after year um, in his heyday. And so, you know, he is the Christmas guy. But there's so many other people I think that sound have that great Christmas sound. Nat King Cole is top of my list always. Anything he sings um, that's Christmas related. In fact, he's got so many fun kid Christmas songs too. I always try to sneak in one or two and we'll be playing one for Ashley later today. But yeah, oh, he's got some great songs. Um, His I, Joy to the World is a classic. It, well, fact, you know what? It, it's, it's The song itself is such a classic, but then when sometimes they interpret it in a way that really leaves an indelible mark um, in your mind and also sometimes memories, whatever you have it associated with. Oftentimes Christmas songs are associated with a certain movie that you really like. And so then really, man, that sticks in there. Uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is another one of my favorites. That's another one that really gets me going. In fact, every time I hear uh, that hymn, it always reminds me of the end of uh, my favorite Christmas uh, movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and just that that joyous reunion of everybody bringing all the money and, uh, uh, you know, uh, just that classic ending of the movie, you know. Well, it evokes, especially with that movie, it evokes such great generosity and, you know, all of the little things that we do all the time that we may not even realize that we're doing with a smile or a gesture or, you know, a little thing that add up to really mean a lot to people around us and to reflect on what it would be like if we weren't actually there, if we hadn't done those things is a great thing to ponder this time of year. So it's always good to watch that movie. And yeah, you're right. This is a fun song that, you know, really brings it all together there at the end. And I love uh, the message from Clarence at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And man, we're glad he got his wings, that little bell ringing. Oh, that was great. It. Thanks, Zuzu. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, any other any other songs that really jump out at you? Well, you know what? We'll be playing a couple today. So just stay tuned and we'll talk more in the next hour. And uh, as I said at the beginning here at Relevant Radio, we have so many great options. Obviously, we have hours and hours of, of, uh, of Christmas music on our app and on the website. And, of course, we have uh, the carols of comfort and joy uh, from uh, these uh, three young choirs of, uh, of, of young kids who did a, just a, a fantastic job. And it, it is so uplifting to hear their young voices. Oh, yeah. No, it's fun with the little, little kids. You know, you hear their cute little voices. And as they get a little bit older, those uh, teens 
Queen singing. I mean, it's amazing how they all come together and they're kind of singing and they're different. You know, I don't know anything about music, but they have like the different people singing here and there and they're overlapping and they just do such a, I mean, how do you stay focused? I don't know, but I'm glad they do. And it's been great to listen. All right. We'll, uh, we'll continue our uh, chatter about the Christmas music uh, next hour as always. Uh, th- thanks, Sarah. Yeah, you got it. We begin every morning as we always do, always uh, in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all of the many blessings, and especially this time of year. It's a good time to reflect on the many, many blessings that every one of us uh, has. And we always uh, pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. And of course, we continue to pray for peace in the world, peace in the Middle East and in Ukraine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio and my hero, pray for us. And every morning, we always, always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. On Wednesdays, I always take just a real brief moment to remind you about St. Joseph, the head of the Holy Family. Let's uh, continue to uh, ask St. Joseph to pray for us. Uh, He is a powerful intercessor, so go to Joseph. Now, as you know, uh, there's only five days left, so here in these final days of Advent, uh, the question is, are you in the Christmas spirit yet? Get into the Christmas spirit uh, with Advent carols of comfort and joy from Relevant Radio, featuring the incredible talents of three young choirs. Take uh, a musical journey to Christmas and even travel through a brief history of carols with our free daily videos. Get all of these beautiful, joyful carols every single day of what's left of Advent. All you have to do is sign up at relevantradio.com slash carols. It's still not too late. That's relevantradio.com slash carols. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Luke 135. The angel Gabriel said to Mary... The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence, the holy offspring to be born will be called Son of God. Whenever we pray the Angelus, we're praying and meditating on the incarnation of Jesus. That also goes for whenever we pray the joyful mysteries of the Holy Rosary. We remember the incarnation 53 times every single time that we pray a Hail Mary. In these final five days of Advent, let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us to meditate on the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus I trust in you. As always, you can send us an email directly with whatever you might have uh, on your mind or any story ideas you might want to share with us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can find us on social media on X, the former Twitter. Our handle is at morningairshow as well as on Facebook. We need to take a, a short break. When we come back, we're going to go live to our Rome correspondent, Ashley Narona, for the latest news on the Holy Father, Pope Francis. So stay with us. 
We are just uh, warming up. There is much more to come here uh, on Morning Air on this Wednesday edition on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I dare you not to like that song. Come on. I love that song. That is, that is, that is wonderful. Perf- perfect for our uh, upcoming segment. Uh, welcome back uh, to uh, Morning Air. I'm John Ross, along with producer Sarah, who provided that uh, beautiful uh, Bonatale music. Thank you so much uh, for being with us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And as uh, you can tell, it is uh, once again a time to bring Rome to home for the latest news from the Vatican. We go live to our Rome correspondent, Ashley Norona, who is actually stateside with her family in uh, the land of Lincoln. Ashley and her husband, John, founded the Truth and Beauty Project in Rome, where they take people from knowing their faith to setting their hearts on fire with talks, tours, and spiritual direction, all centered on scripture, art, and beauty. They even have a special track to evangelize young adults. Visit truthandbeautyproject.com to find out how you, too, can make your life a masterpiece in just one week with John and Ashley in Rome. Good morning, Ashley. Buongiorno, Bonatale. Thanks so much for being with us once again. Just five more days until Christmas. Just five more days. We're counting. And what a wonderful, fun song to bring us in today, John, Sarah. Yeah, and uh, you, you're back. You're you are home for Christmas, like the song. That's right. Exactly. I'm home with my parents in Springfield, Illinois. And this is the place where I spent my formative years. And uh, it's always wonderful to be home. It means so much. This is the first Christmas that my husband, John, and I will be able to be with my parents in the last 15 years. So it's a huge gift to us. And then it's also the last Christmas that we'll have there here in that my parents are going to be leaving Springfield and moving to Raleigh, North Carolina to be near my brother and his wife and their four beautiful kids. So lots of monumental moments happening for the Puglia family this year. Wow, what a special uh, time. So just to soak it all in one last Mm -hmm. time there in Springfield. That's it. Exactly. That's that's just what we're doing. Uh, it's de- It was definitely a bit of a shock to come home to the very cold weather after being in warm India and then in warm Rome and uh, and now here. But we're bundling up and uh, we're doing great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you're able to spend some time uh, with your family uh, there in Springfield. But I know you've been keeping an eye on, uh, as you always do, on the, on the Holy Father uh, in uh, the Vatican. Uh, can you share with us uh, the, his uh, main message uh, at the Wednesday Papal audience uh, this morning? 
Absolutely, John. Well, this morning, Pope Francis focused on the image of the creche, the nativity scene, or as we say in Italian, the presepio. And he specifically talked about the first nativity scene that was inaugurated 800 years ago by St. Francis of Assisi in the Italian town of Greccio. And the Pope, in his message today, he asked the question, what was the saint's intention in organizing a living nativity scene in this, in this small town? And he, the Pope went on to explain that St. Francis was trying to create what he wasn't trying to create art, but the idea that through the nativity scene to really provoke amazement at the humility of the Lord at the hardships that he suffered right there in the poor grotto of Bethlehem and of his love for all of us. And today in his message, the Pope focused on the word amazement because he said that in the face of the mystery of the incarnation of the word, the birth of Christ, he said everyone needs this religious attitude, as he called it, of amazement. And he said that in the nativity scene, he saw the characteristics of soberness and joy, which is a reminder that in this time of hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, he said too often consumerism marks Christmas, but he said the nativity scene was created to bring people back to what truly matters. So to God who comes to dwell amongst us. And he also asked all present to focus on the characteristic of joy that's inspired by the nativity scene. He called it a living gospel and a domestic church and a place of encounter, encountering Jesus and where he said everyone in the can bring Jesus in the manger, their, their expectations, their worries, just like the shepherds did. And just like the people in that town of Grecho did so long ago. And so he suggested that everyone, when they stand before a nativity scene, to entrust to Jesus everything they hold dear and to allow themselves to experience great joy and to ask Jesus for peace. And on that note, after his message, he also asked for prayers for peace specifically mentioning Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel. He asked everyone not to forget the people who suffer in the evils of war. He also prayed for the victims of the earthquake in China on Monday. And he, he made it clear that he is very close to those people in prayer, the suffering people. And he also gave a message of encouragement to the emergency services who are working there. And he invoked the blessing of God upon all, asking God to bring comfort and relief in their time of sorrow, John. Those are uh, very uh, inspirational, inspirational words by the Holy Father th this morning. Uh, and, you know, it, it, every one of our own nativity scenes, whether it's in our living room or outside in front of our home, it, it's an opportunity uh, for us to, to experience that amazement. Yes. Really, it is it is a moment that to really reflect on what it's all about, and also it's an opportunity to also share with others uh, the the real meaning of the season. Mm -hmm. It's true, and it's interesting because in Italy, you know, every church and every home has a presepio, has a nativity scene. Some of them are very, very ornate and interesting, and there's all kinds of figures. So you see, for example, 
people who you would see in a busy city, like you'll see the butcher who is depicted there in the scene and you'll see uh, someone selling cheese and you'll see someone doing laundry. And I mean, it's really fun and quite busy. But the idea is, as my husband, John, and I always say to look at a nativity scene like that and to remember Galatians 4, 4, that in the fullness of time, Christ was born into the busyness, into the chaos of life. But our challenge when looking at a nativity scene and when living our lives every day is to find Christ in the midst of the busyness, the craziness, the chaos, whatever it may be, and to have those moments of amazement, of reflection, and of joy. And uh, this was a, a big week for the Holy Father. He celebrated uh, his uh, 87th birthday. That had to be quite special there uh, in, in Roma. Yes, indeed. His 87th birthday, which actually makes him one of the oldest, uh, one of the oldest reigning pontiffs. Now he celebrated, just as you said, John, in a very special way, celebrating with children and families. And these are children and families who are assisted by the Vatican Santa Maria Pediatric Dispensary, which specifically provides medical aid to poor families and mothers. And it goes all the way back to the year 1922. This was something that was established by Pope Pius XI. And to this day, it's run by the Daughters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul. And so to celebrate, the families presented the Holy Father with a cake, with a bouquet of sunflowers. They sang happy birthday as well. And he took the opportunity to speak as well and talked about the importance of preparing for Christmas. He said that it's a reminder, he gave a reminder that during these days, it's a time to remember when Jesus came, that he came to be with us. And he also reminded all the children that this is a season to prepare our hearts for Christmas to receive Jesus. And then he asked the kids a question. He said, what will you ask Jesus this Christmas? And so he asked them to close their eyes and to to determine what they're going to ask Jesus. And he, of course, finished with a special blessing and a Christmas wish to all. And uh, yes, so it was it was quite a festive celebration, John. Well, I, I know that uh, part of the celebration there in the Eternal City uh, is all the Christmas trees that are just mm -hmm. about everywhere. And I know Italy is uh, boasting of having the world's largest Christmas tree. <laughs> You're right. And actually, believe it or not, it's not a living tree. It's actually a tree of lights. So get this, Italy, every year near the town of Gubbio, they make this gigantic light Christmas tree with over 700 lights. And the tree measures at 2,500 feet. And then it's topped with a giant star of lights. It's they had they use more than five miles of cables to actually power these lights, and uh, each local adopts a light and dedicates it to their loved ones. They write messages, you know, everything from welcoming newborns to uh, messages remembering the dearly beloved deceased. And so it's quite a thing to see, but it's also in the Guinness Book of World Records from back in 1991. So indeed, the world's largest Christmas tree right there in Italy.
Wow. It, it sounds like uh, the, the whole country is ready for the big day uh, coming up uh, in just five more days. Ashley, uh, there's so much more I wish we could talk about, but uh, we have to leave it right there. Thank you so much for, for being uh, with us. You always do such a fantastic job of, of bringing Rome to home to our audience. Many blessings the rest of the way with, with your family during what's left of Advent. And uh, Bon Natale. Merry Christmas to you and John. John, thank you so much. Buon Natale to you. So many Christmas blessings. Ashley Narona, our Rome correspondent who normally joins us every Wednesday from the Eternal City. You can listen to her reports on the Relevant Radio app. Just go to Relevant in Rome. We need to take a short break. When we come back, author and international Bible teacher Jeff Cavins, the founding host of Morning Air, will be with us to talk about reading the Bible to prepare for Christmas and the upcoming year. So stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back uh, to Morning Air. I hope you're in the Christmas mood. I'm John Morales. Glenn is off today. Our producer Sarah is on the other side of the glass. It's good to be with you uh, on this Wednesday as uh, the countdown continues. Only five more days until Christmas. also want to briefly remind you that Relevant Radio uh, has a fan favorite that has returned for this Advent. In case you've missed it, the Merry Beggars uh, present Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol for the second year in a row to guide your Advent journey. True to the original text, this updated audio Advent calendar lets you jump straight into the action of this wholesome, intriguing, and delightful classic. It's still not too late. You can still subscribe this morning to receive daily episodes for free at adventwithscrooge.com. That's adventwithscrooge.com. You can always uh, send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, uh, these past weeks of Advent and the few days that are remaining before Christmas are uh, a real reminder that we really should try to set aside uh, some time, set aside some time from the hustle and bustle of the holiday season and to quietly reflect uh, from the Bible on the promises of the baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Meditating on sacred scripture is a great way to prepare our hearts for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on Christmas. Joining us live this morning is Jeff Cavins, the founding host of Morning Air, to talk about reading the Bible to prepare ourselves for Christmas and this upcoming year. Uh, Jeff is an author, podcaster, public speaker, and Bible teacher. He's the creator of the popular Great Adventure Bible Study series and the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. Uh, Jeff is also the author of several books, in fact, many books, including his most recent, A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. He also developed the Bible timeline, The Story of Salvation. 
Good morning, Jeff. Uh, welcome back to Morning Air. Thanks so much uh, for uh, being with us. It, it is uh, a joy to be with you once again uh, to talk about the Bible here just with a few more days before Christmas. Well, it's good to be with you, John. And that brings back memories, I must say. <laughs> no question about it. You talk about memories, Jeff. I just want you to know that I, I still have my uh, Bible signed uh, signed by you uh, in which you wrote a little uh, note to me that say, John, continue uh, to live your life on the rock. Still have that Bible. Uh, my <laughs> friend, you were a huge influence on me uh, back uh, in uh, my formative years, back in the early days of Morning Air, and it's something I always, always appreciate. That- yeah, I think, I think we met each other in, in Detroit when Mother, uh, Mother Angelica and I were uh, speaking at a conference there. Yes, yes, that's when we first uh, met, and, uh, you know, uh, through a, a divine providence, uh, I, I became part of, uh, of the uh, original Morning Air uh, team with, with you as the, the first ever host, and uh, the yeah. rest is history. We've, we've come a long way since then. Yeah, you, you probably are the oldest, the longest-lasting voice of relevant radio. <laughs> you, you've been around for a long time, doing a great job. Well, th- thanks, Jeff. And But as, as you know, I, I, I did uh, leave for a number of years uh, to, to make some, some documentaries and work in the pro-life movement, but uh, the good Lord did uh, bring me back. But my love of the Bible and of Scripture uh, it continues. Uh, Jeff, can you talk uh, about uh, meditating on a, a Scripture and how it helps our hearts uh, to be better prepared for the coming of the baby Jesus, our Lord and Savior, especially here at uh, at this time before Christmas. Sure, yeah. Well, you know that the the, the scriptures are make up uh, half of what we experience in the Mass, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, and we venerate both both of them. And the reason is is that they both are the Lord. The Word of God is the the Lord. He is the living Word. And of course, the Eucharist is the body and blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord. And so this is the way that we are fed. And as you meditate on the Scripture, it's, it's like you are resting on the Scripture. You're allowing it to penetrate you. And the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it does have an impact on us, and it causes us to renew our minds and think differently. Uh, and I think that a lot of people, when they face the new year, are they're going through a kind of a list of, how can I think differently this coming year? Well, you can try to do it on your own strength, for sure, in your own direction, but I would highly suggest that you do it with the direction of the Lord and the strength of the Lord, because his word will accomplish that which he purposes. So there's nothing as, as powerful to meditate on as the, the word of God. And it, it's, it's changed my life, your life, and millions of people around the world. Jeff, if you remember back in the day uh, when I used to do sports uh, uh, with you as the as the host of, of Morning Air, I always did the power scripture uh, from the Playbook of Life at the end of the sportscast. And That's would right. you believe it? I brought it back to this day. We still do it, uh, you know, it, it, in every hour of every show. And you know, I always just remember the importance of uh, of scripture, the Word of God, as as you've reminded us. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, and that was good because you were giving people one bit of the Word of God to take into their day and hide it in their heart. And you know what happened, John, when you ask people to hide that Word in their heart? It will come up throughout the day, either to encourage you, direct you, correct you, or 
for somebody else. You can give it away to somebody else. But the point is, you've got to make it a habit. You can't just say that, well, the Bible is the center of our life, and the Eucharist is the center of our life, and then go on as, as though it really isn't, or what John Paul II used to call a practical atheism, to believe in God, but to live as though he didn't exist. That is so absolutely spot on. I want to invite our, our listeners. I want to open up our phone lines. If you have any questions or any comments about reading the Bible, the, the beauty of Scripture from a Catholic perspective, uh, if you've ever participated in the Great Adventure Bible Study, we would love to hear from you. We're, we're taking your calls for uh, Bible teacher extraordinaire. Uh, Jeff Cavins, the first ever morning air host and the creator of the popular Great Adventure Bible Study series on our Catholic Order of Forsters toll-free line, 888 is the number, 888 uh, Jeff, uh, you have uh, so many uh, books and tools to help us uh, really get to know the Word of God uh, so much uh, better. Can you share with us a little bit about uh, the Catholic Guide, a Catholic Guide uh, to the Old Testament, which is uh, one of your most uh, recent books? Uh, I'm sure it covers some of the uh, prophecies that we're seeing in Mass uh, here in Advent uh, of uh, Jesus the Messiah. Yeah, the the uh, the guide to the Old Testament. Uh, it's a good a good team that came together for that. And uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to go through all of the books of the Old Testament and the periods of the Old Testament, and introduce them to people at a level that everybody can grasp. Sometimes people are so afraid of the Bible because they think, well, that's an academic you know endeavor, and it's it's not. It's it's a book written. It's a library written for children. It's written for God's children, daughters and sons. And so what we did is we made try to make the books accessible by talking about what is the major themes in the book, uh, who is it for, uh, major events that you don't want to miss. It really does complement uh, not only the Great Adventure Bible, but it complements the Great Adventure Bible study system. Uh, the Bible timeline. And so it's, it's just one more aid, a tool in your toolbox, if you will, for uh, hearing God more clearly. Because, you know, the end of all these things is not just study, but the end of it is to be a doer of the word. And so that's what it's really, that's what it's really there for. And it also complements uh, a book that uh, Dr. Tim Gray and I wrote years ago called Walking with God, which we go through the entire Bible in chronological order and that brings out even more nuances uh, than the Bible study itself. So it, it all works together. Jeff, one of the things I always remember is uh, you used to say that the Bible uh, are love letters from our Heavenly Father. And when you think of them in, uh-huh. in that perspective, it really really uh, sheds a lot of light. Yes, you're, you're right. And that's, that's a perspective that we have to bring to Bible study. And whether it's Bible study or whether it's devotions, you know, just sitting down and listening. My wife and I get together every morning for our, our reading time and prayer time. And, and we do Lexio Divina every single morning. And that's what, that's what we need to, to position our hearts as, is it's a love letter from God to us. It's not just a history book, but it's a letter. Letters are meant to be read and cherished. And that's why uh, the perspective that you come to the Bible with is so incredibly important. Jeff, there's a big difference between just reading the Bible and actually studying the Bible at a much deeper level. Can, can, can you share with us just your thoughts on the best way uh, to study and, and, and read the Bible? 
Yeah, that's a good question. There really, there really are two different practices there. Uh, when you're studying the Bible, you're really trying to bring out the sense of it, uh, uh, what was the intention of the author, what does it mean as it relates to Jesus, what does it mean as it relates to me or the, or the future. But I, I think when it comes to the devotions and, and listening to God on a daily basis, there's a quote that I have enjoyed, and you probably have heard it too, John. Um, and I didn't come up with the quote. In fact, I don't know who really did, but it's so good. And it's, it's this, nothing gets dynamic until it gets specific. That is, nothing gets dynamic. In other words, nothing gets put into motion until it gets specific. Uh, you have to isolate uh, that, that scripture and go deep into it and, and squeeze all the juice out of it. And that's when you become dynamic. You put it into practice. You, you do it in your family, at work, in your own personal life, decision-making, all of that. And, and so one of the problems that people face is they never get specific. And that is taking a scripture on a daily basis and walking with it throughout the day. So that's a real tip, I think, for devotions, is to carry it with you throughout the day. But get beyond the, the, the broader scheme and, and get specific with it. Talking about just some basic stuff, uh, having the proper translation is, is so important from a Catholic perspective. Obviously, you as a, a former Protestant pastor understand this because not all translations are the same. No, they're not. They're not. You know, the, the Bible that we have as Catholics is the, uh, the same canon that the early church had. Uh, the early church followed what was called the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament. And that Greek Old Testament uh, had seven books in it that the Protestant Reformation uh, decided not to go with by taking a different canon. And, uh, and so we have 73 books in our Bible. We are consistent with that early church and, uh, and for years and centuries. And so those books contribute in a powerful way, particularly books like the Maccabees, which, which tells us what happened just before Jesus in the Roman Empire. And that was with the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, the Greek, the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great, Sirach. My wife and I have, have decided that is one of our all-time favorite books. It is so practical. It's like a sister to the book of Proverbs. And, and so, yeah, the Bible is, is important, and it's important that it's a Bible that is uh, okayed by, by the church. And so we have two of them in the United States that we use typically. That's the New American Bible, which is used in the Mass, and then the RSV Catholic Edition, which is what the Catechism uses. And that's what the Great Adventure Bible is, the RSV Catholic Edition. Most of the scholars that I talk to today or listen to uh, use that. They use the RSV Catholic edition. It's accurate. It's uh, smooth and uh, really, really enjoyable. Uh, Jeff, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, digital Bibles versus an actual uh, Bible? I like mine, you know, the real Bible that you can turn the pages and <laughs> underline it and write little notes. I still have that old beat up Bible. I mean, it, 20 years later, it's still in really good shape, but it's all marked up and got lots and lots of little notes in the margins. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on uh, digital versus the real thing? Well, first, I would say that your Bible, as I remember it, is up there with, uh, as far as messiness and writing, <laughs> it's up there with Scott Hahn's old Bible. And uh, you really, you really, that was a workhorse for you. But uh, it's interesting, that question you ask, I asked that same question a few years ago, 
And there was a gentleman who was doing national polls and he was doing one, I think it was for uh, focus, I think. And I asked him the question. I said, well, can you find out for me? Cause I have an, a hypothesis that when it comes to devotions, uh, when it comes to daily reading and that intimacy with the word of God, young people today would prefer a paper Bible that is theirs and they can travel with them over an electronic Bible. However, when it comes to quickly looking up the scripture or, um, or, or finding something quick, they'll go to an electric, electronic Bible or an app. Uh, and uh, the, the study, uh, I remember the gentleman called me back and he said, you were right in spades. You know, that it's exactly the way it is, is that when it comes to the loving relationship, they do want a paper Bible. But when it comes to portability and accessibility on the run, they will go to a digital Bible. But let me, you mentioned writing in it, underlining it, making cross references. I can tell you one thing for sure, that no, nobody will put in their will that they are going to bequeath their digital app to one of their sons or daughters. They will, they will bequeath a, a paper Bible that they have been living in for years, and that will that will mean everything to them. I doubt that kids are going to get their dad's app on the phone and then look at it fondly throughout the years. Well, Jeff, um, there's so much to talk about. We got to bring you back uh, in in the new year because there's so many more things I'd love to chat with you. But just your your final thoughts on making that New Year's resolution where sure. this is the year I'm going to actually study and meditate on the Bible. Yeah, well, I, I certainly would encourage anybody to read the Bible, uh, to read the Bible in a year if, if you can. Father Mike and I do that. And then we have um, the, the Great Adventure Bible Study. If you really want to get into the Word and understand the overarching story, the Bible timeline, uh, the story of salvation, is the, the place to go. You can get into the 24-week study, or you can do an eight-week study called Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible, but make it a priority. Uh, get dynamic. Be specific. This year, you want to know the story, and you're going to dedicate the year to knowing it and get into it. And you can find all that at ascensionpress.com. Uh, uh, and uh, I say, go for it. Make, make 2024 the year where the story becomes clear in your life, because your life needs to become clear. Well, Jeff, it is a joy uh, to be with you once again. Uh, really, really enjoyed our, our time. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for sharing your passion for, uh, for the Bible uh, and for studying the Bible. I still have my, my old Bible timeline, the Great Adventure version here. Uh-huh. <laughs> with the, I probably need a new one, but this I love the, the old one too. Thanks again. Uh, many blessings uh, the rest of Advent and, and Merry Christmas to, to you uh, and your family. You too, brother. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Jeff Cavins, the founding host of Morning Air and the creator of the popular Great Adventure Bible Studies. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called A Letter from Santa. My dear precious Jesus, I did not mean to take your place. I only bring toys and things. You bring love and grace. People give me lists of wishes and hope that they come true, but you hear prayers of the heart and promise your will to do. Children try to be good and try not to cry when I'm coming to town. You love them unconditionally, and that love will abound. 
I leave only a bag of toys and temporary joy for a season, but you leave a heart of love full of purpose and reason. I have a lot of believers in what one might call fame, but I never healed the blind or tried to help the lame. I have rosy cheeks and a voice full of laughter, but no nail-scarred hands or a promise of the hereafter. You may find several of me in a town or at a mall, but there is only one omnipotent you to answer a sinner's call. And so, my dear precious Jesus, I kneel here to pray, to worship and adore you on this your holy birthday. Romans 14, 11, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bend before me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. Our thanks uh, to Glenn, who is off today, but a Story Corner is not. Uh, coming up next hour on a Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, will be with us to talk about uh, the uh, ancient custom of praying the O antiphons during Advent. Plus, our personal success coach, Dave Duran, will join us to discuss uh, three vice versus virtue personality types. So uh, stay with us. There is much more to come on this Wednesday in hour number two of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.